Welcome to this week's edition of Mountain Outhouse News. I'm your host, Jam Jam. This is the craziest shit to happen in running this week. This week's stories include a solo runner controversy at AC100, a new long trail FKT, and a lost runner at Volcanic 50. We begin this episode with the trail fail of the week. Coming to us from Mountain Outhouse correspondent, Mayor June, who literally face-planted with four kilometers to go at the Montreux Trail Festival race in Europe while in fourth place. She proceeded to get up and pass the top three ladies, taking the win despite a bloodied face and legs. Heal up, Mayor June, and congrats. I missed a couple results from last week that I'd like to mention. First, from the Pacific Northwest, the classic White River 50 took place up in Washington. Damian Humbert of British Columbia came down to dominate the field, winning in seven hours, six minutes. His only other ultra results we could find was a win at the Whistler Alpine Meadows 50K back in 2016. In second was Gus Gibbs in 727, and third was Keith Laverty in 734. For the ladies, Kid Magnus, also a BC, won in 806, exactly one hour back of the men's winner. Caitlin Gerben, a favorite of Maya Ray Ray, was second in 828, and Paige Patil was third in 832. Next to Grand Mesa, a small chill race on the largest flat top mountain in the world, outside Grand Junction, Colorado, saw just nine finishers, with Kevin Hadfield out front in 23 hours, nine minutes, and Margaret Gordon for the ladies' win in 28.20. Next up to the Angeles Crest 100, which takes place each year in the Angeles National Forest outside of Los Angeles. We reported last week that race management instituted a new runner agreement pertaining to solo runners and spectator behavior that required each participant to initial up to five times on top of signing the entire document. We have some further puzzling news to share regarding AC100's policy towards solo runners that emerged after it was pointed out mid-race that leader Darcy PQ was listed as a solo runner but was in fact being crewed. Let me first off say I love the AC100 course and all of the amazing volunteers that put on this impressive event. It was my first 100 miler back in 2007. And one I've returned to a total of three times. So the long and short of it is that Darcy Piku was originally registered for the event as a solo runner, meaning she agreed to enter the lottery for the race as an entrant who would not have a crew, would not use any pacers, and instead only rely upon drop bags and aid station volunteers to finish the event. AC100 turned to the solo category to reduce the number of crew vehicles on course, which is a major concern at a lot of mountain hundreds, where we are looking to provide the largest field size possible while accommodating forest service requirements of often undersized parking areas and trailheads. In the solo division rules for the AC100, they state that there is no switching to the crude race, it says, and I quote, the solo runner has received special consideration for entry through the lottery. So once a solo designation is accepted, a runner may not switch to being a crude runner. This includes prior to race day, at race check-in, and during the race. To repeat, and this part is in bold in all caps, you cannot switch from solo to crude during the race. Well, it turns out when the lottery happened, the race book and website may not have been published or quite as clear as they are posted today. And Darcy, who entered as a solo runner, thought that it only meant no pacer. 
she and potentially others were able to switch to the non-solo division by the race director prior to race day. This kind of brings up another point I'd like to touch on. Do we really need the solo division at all? I'm honestly not sold on the idea of receiving special recognition just because you chose to run with no crew and no pacers. It is often the norm outside of the US, and I've personally done hundreds both ways. I personally don't feel like I need a special medal or buckle for the times that I haven't used a crew. Plus, it just seems to complicate things and facilitate these types of problems and issues. So, what do you think, Outhouse Nation? Was this a fair move? Does a solo category even make sense for the sport? Does it provide more complication and rules that just takes us further away from the point of running ultras? Please share your thoughts below. Now for the results. Rene Durantes took the win in 19 hours, 23 minutes, with Jake Jackson just a short bit back in second in 1936. For the ladies, it was Darcy who prevailed in 22 hours, 17 minutes, and Katie Asmuth second in 22.49. With AC moving to a December lottery this time around, I myself am strongly considering applying for 2019. Who's with me? On to some more race results for the weekend, we now go to Utah for the revival of the Tushers Mountain Runs. Okay, so full disclosure, this is one of my races, and we did resurrect the event, which was on hiatus from Ultra Adventures. The 100K was joined by a new 70K race distance this year in the high up hidden mountain range of 12,000 foot peaks near Beaver. Yeah, we love Beaver, Utah. The 100K race on the ladies' side was won by irunfar.com's very own Megan Hicks in 16 hours, 43 minutes, and Heather Carr was second in 1847. Eric Sarstad took the overall win in 15.08, and Danny Gold was second in 16.05. This also brings us to our bonus trail fail of the week from our very own Susan Kramer of Phoenix, who slipped in a creek at mile six of the Tushers 100K, resulting in a distal radial fracture. She withdrew at the first aid station, sending healing vibes your way, Susan. Killian and Emily's trail run, the Tromso Sky Race, took place this weekend in Norway. The insane 57 kilometer race has lots of scrambling on ridges, off trail, and is part of the world's sky running circuit. We saw little known American runner Hilary Gerardi not only win but set a new course record in 8.14. Ragna DeBots was second in 8.27 and American Brittany Peterson placed third in 8.40. For the men, Jonathan Albin of the UK won in 7.04, followed by Per Arel of Spain in 7.28. This next one, Coming from Zakatakis on Twitter, we'd like to mention the Voyager 50-mile results. This was a big deal this year as we saw Ben Cogger break Scott Jurek's long-standing course record to take the win in 6 hours 40 minutes. Amazingly, Cogger was stung multiple times by hornets in his left calf and mouth on his way to break the 20-year-old record by less than a minute. Lila Planofsky won in 9.12 for the ladies. The Beast of Burden Summer 100 in New York took place this past weekend, with Gina DeHolowy taking the overall win in 19 hours, 40 minutes, followed closely by the men's winner, Adam Russell, in 1948. There was a lost runner at the Volcanic 50 this weekend for a supposed 31 hours. Details are scarce, but someone reportedly told race organizers that the runner had gotten a ride out of the area, when in fact, they did not. Turns out Candace Burt, who was out marking for her Bigfoot 200 race, found the runner and helped bring them back home safely. Thanks, Candace. Back in 2012, Nikki Kimball set a new FKT on Vermont's Long Trail, which stretches 273 miles 
across the rugged state in five days, seven hours, 42 minutes. That record stood until this week when Alyssa Godeski took five hours off the fastest known time. There was a fastest known time also set this week in the Pyrenees across Spain, France, and Andorra's Hate route. The 500 mile journey took Matthias Eichmann 22 days, 5 hours, 51 minutes to complete. This was done self supported and followed the highest walkable route along the French and Spanish border. This would be most comparable to the US's Sierra High route in California. Some can't get enough of the Barkley. Even though we now have the so-called Mini Barkley, the Fall Classic in September, there is now a growing number of runners going after the Barkley Challenge Loop, which is essentially a single loop of the Barkley Trails, but sticking entirely to maintained trails in Frozen Head State Park. You can find the exact route by searching for Frozen Head Loop CW on Strava. Current FKTs are by 15th Barkley finisher John Kelly and his friend Jack McAfee in 4 hours 30 minutes. Another runner is taking on the Appalachian Trail and as of the halfway point, he's actually ahead of record pace. Carl Sabe, Belgian ultra runner who also owns the FKT on the Pacific Crest Trail, is now over halfway through on the AT and on record pace. Through the halfway point, which he reached in 20 days, 10 hours, 10 minutes, he is a full 41 hours ahead of the record. Granted, he still has the toughest stretch of the trail ahead in New England, but he is faring well thus far. We'll keep an eye on it. Four-time winner and three consecutive of the Leadville Trail 100, Ian Sharman is out for this year. He suffered a nerve-related shoulder injury that has progressed to the point of him not being able to run the race. Sending healing vibes to you, Ian. Another injury update. After months off from running, recovering from a post-Barkley femur fracture, Gary Robbins is back running pain-free. Although it is only a couple miles thus far, it's great to see Gary back. Does this mean he'll be ramping up for another Barkley attempt in 2019? Only time will tell. Fires in Northern California and the Pacific Northwest are becoming quite the pain in the ass. Air quality at some recent trail runs in the area have been especially poor. It kind of begs the question, at what point do you cancel a race due to poor air quality? While maybe at no immediate threat from fires being on course, the air quality can still be a major health concern while exercising, especially for the amount of time it takes to run an ultra. According to some research, it seems like something above 100 on the air quality index would be of major concern, and air quality approaching 200 might be ripe for a cancellation. On the heels of that, fires have led to the cancellation of two upcoming Hard Rock qualifiers. First, the Fat Dog 120 in Canada was forced to cancel due to a fire burning on Silvertip Mountain that does not allow them to run their prescribed route. On the heels of that, a separate fire is now burning on the Plain 100 course and is also forcing a preventative cancellation. With most of their course closed by the National Forest, they really have no choice but to cancel the race. This week in clean sport, a third Kenyan in 10 days failed a doping test. This time it was Samuel Kalali, who won the Athens Marathon and was tested positive for EPO in June. Seriously bumming me out, Kenya. Stop it. The 2019 IAU 24-hour world championships have been officially canceled. It was supposed to take place in Erndding, Austria, but due to financial constraints, they have withdrawn their contract. This seems to be a common theme with the IAU World Champs events. Is it time to take another look at how these events are organized so they can actually happen? We think so, but we have no idea how. 
Well, and with that, thanks for tuning in to episode 105 of Outhouse News. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. If you have crazy stories to share or a question or feedback for the show, please leave a comment below. If you'd like to directly support the show financially, consider becoming a Patreon supporter of this channel or pick up this custom pair of Jam Jam sunglasses linked below. Have a good week.